We here. It's Don Chen's The Wolf Mentality Podcast. It's pretty damn lit. Uh, long Wolf. All right, round two. We have switched seats. We're playing musical chairs. Now, Aaron is in the hot seat. I feel that it's hot over here, and, baby. And, My butt is burning. And Alex is sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Cold seat. She says she's going to call him on his bullshit. Yeah, if I'm going to st- just keep it zipped unless I hear some bullshit. So Now I feel pressure. Nah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron is the owner of you. Did you say owner? Like, what's your title? What do you tell people your title is? When I sign contracts, I write managing member. Managing member. So he's yeah. a managing member <laughs> of You Lucky Dog Productions, which is a comedy record label and production company. Nailed it. Has nailed it. Yeah. Yep, that's what happens when you read for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did prep. He looked yep. at my Twitter yep, bio. I was fucking prepared. <laughs> All right. So. We'll start just what inspired you to start your own, to start you Lucky Dog Productions? Oh man, uh, so much, so much. I feel like it was like 10 years in the making. Like, uh, it's not that I set out to have a comedy record label and production company, because I wasn't even really in the comedy game for a long time. I mean, I was, I got into radio at Sirius XM And that was kind of like the start of my professional life. You know, I had jobs before that, but this is like the first... Big boy job. Big boy job in a field that I was getting into on purpose, right? Not just a job to pay the bills. So, I mean, that was 2008 when I got the job there. Well, I had an internship there first, then the job. And, I mean, I was working in radio, then... Five years into that, I was getting into the comedy side, the comedy department at SiriusXM. So I was doing a lot of stuff there, and I became really entrenched in stuff involving comedy and working with comedians and stuff like that. So um, I got to know comedy on a different level. You know what I mean? Like what goes into it and the psyche of a comedian and and things like that. And that became really interesting to me. And I kind of always wanted to do my own thing. And so I just kind of was making steps towards doing that for a long time while I was there. And um, to be honest with you, I was like, uh, you know, I've done everything that I think I want to do here at SiriusXM. And I think it's time to do my own thing. I started learning. I dealt with labels. And so, you know, I was able to pick some of their brains and learn their side of it because I was on the other end of it where they're submitting material and, excuse me, and and I'm the gatekeeper, right? So that's deciding whether or not that this stuff gets played. So I was just kind of learning the other side of the business. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I think I can do this. So I I just gave it a shot. But you would say you always had like, quote unquote, the entrepreneurial spirit, like you always wanted to do your own thing at some point? Or do you think, was it that first that you found your idea? Or did you have an idea that led you to be like, I should do this on my own? own?" To be honest with you, I think it's, it's not... 
I don't know if I have the entrepreneurial spirit. I think it's just the desire to not have bosses, and I don't. I, that's. I think that's it. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, but I, I think there's, I think there's a difference though. Is it how? I, I, because I, the entrepreneurial spirit. When I when I hear that, I hear somebody that's like a straight hustler, has always got ideas, and has one business after the after another, or always working on some startup or something like that. And I, that's not me. I just don't want to work for people that I'm smarter than. Or that, yes, the, or, a, or that yeah. you know, I yeah. can I can do things differently, and and kind of I can find my own path in 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 this industry, right? And I and, and when you know that, and you're sitting at a job and you're not satisfied, you either decide that you're going to stay in that job for a while for whatever reason, like you have bills to pay and whatever, and some people choose to do that even if they're not happy, and I saw myself sitting at the same seat for the next five, 10 years doing the same thing. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But like, even if I fail, I'll be happy I did it. So, and that when I finally got to that place in my head where I was like, even if I fail, I'll be happy I did it. That's when I was like, I need to do this. I still think that. I would say what you were describing is like a serial entrepreneur <laughs> Whereas, like, I think, I think the, de- the spirit, I think, the, the the spirit that I was describing. Yeah, I think, oh, I think gotcha. the fact that you, like, you don't want to have a boss. You want, like, you. I feel like, I feel like what you just described is somebody who, like, that's the attitude you need to be an entrepreneur. So, not being afraid of failing, not being afraid of failing, wanting to be your own boss. Yeah, I feel like those are. The boxes I guess so. Check. It's not like that. I'm trying to run away from the entrepreneurial title. I just don't like for some reason. I just don't. I think it's something else than what I'm doing. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> um, so then how'd you get the name? You Lucky Dog? Yeah. It, there's like three layers to it. So Let's peel back the onion. Yeah. <laughs> peel back that. We just got inside the actor's studio. Here. Uh, so my nickname, like those closest to me call me Dog since like high school. So I'm just with doing, a W G A W G or O G straight like, D O G. Yeah. Straight right. D O G dog. Well, it was a dog for a while. And then I dropped the, Somehow the A got like, dropped. Changing the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. I ain't a dog anymore. I'm dog. Call me. What do you want? What do you want to be called? <laughs> love. He wanted to be called love at some point. Did he? Uh, I don't there's know. So it's some crazy people. stuff. I have yeah. like crazy names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. So I was dog. And then, um, so, <laughs> this one is is a little bit not like the straight reason, but I went on a vacation with one of my friends one time and his family. He took me on a fam, uh, family vacation and I was like the one friend that they were able to bring. And we went to the Florida Keys and a part of that vacation, we went on a snorkeling trip and the, the, the captain of the boat had a dog on there that had three legs. And he trained this dog to bring the sails up and down. And his, it had three legs, and his name was Lucky. And that always just stuck with me. So that's kind of in the back of my head. And then just like the sentimental reason is that like I feel very lucky to be able to have an opportunity to do this. Like, yeah, I put myself in the position to be able to do it, but like you got to count your blessings sometimes and be like, you know, I'm very lucky to be able to try to have a career in where essentially my job is to listen to comedy. I mean, it's much more than that, but 
if you break it down to break it down, I, I watch and listen to comedy a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy is also kind of having like a little mini Renaissance thing going on. I for would sure. Say at the moment. Oh, it's a gold rush for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably like a lot to do with podcasts. I feel like comedians were on podcasts pretty early. Oh yeah, yeah. And then YouTube also, like people now starting to put their stuff on YouTube, which I think wasn't normal back in the day. <laughs> I think yeah. like when YouTube was first a thing, like people weren't doing that, but now I think people are opening themselves up to just putting like the actual video clips of their sets out. Yeah. Oh, you mean comedians in general putting putting the material? Yeah, out. but so yeah. I think I, but, right. so I think like you wouldn't see that material unless you were somebody who had already decided to go to comedy clubs and go see people perform. But now I think people have realized that, hey, if I put it out online and people see it, that might get them to come. And I feel like people have been opened up more and more to that idea. So it's now more in people's face. People like it. People now want to go see it. I think you're right. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like comedians have driven this, uh, how to how to utilize the technology to get noticed. I, I think they have, have driven that and they should get a lot of credit for for that. Uh I this is interesting too maybe you could answer this cuz like I always struggle with like there's famous and then there's comedy famous. You know what I mean? So like people know Jim Gaffigan. But do they know uh what's a good example? Like like Gary Goldman is do you know Gary Goldman? Do you no, know who Gary not. Goldman is? Yeah. So he's comedy famous. Right. I think he should be famous famous. But so I, I always... It's like if you're in the comedy world, you know these people, but if you're not, yeah. like, you're not like, they're not mainstream famous. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I always wonder where the, that line is and why it's there. And I don't know what the answer is. I'm not looking for you for an answer, but... I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm just pondering that because, you know, I'm too, too deep in it. I would just say probably just like, I feel like Netflix specials now. I feel like it's just like once people get like a Netflix special because now it's just the default where it's, I don't think it's necessarily people are always, I think some people are like, oh, that person has a special on Netflix or on this platform or that platform. I'm going to go watch it. Whereas there are other people who I'm going to see what's on Netflix. Oh, this new comedy special. All right, I'll watch it. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people like that and then that's how they learn who these people are. Hmm. So I feel like it's once people get these specials on those big platforms. That's I feel like that's what it is. So that lends the credibility for people to be like, oh, this is worth checking out. I think so. Because I also think, and I've said this about like a bunch of different things, but I think people don't make an, it was kind of like when me and Alex were talking about with like when I made the, people just listen to top 40 radio hits comment. Like I think people are more, they are, they want to be, they don't, make the effort to figure out what they like. They just accept being told what's cool and that's their way of being told what's cool. Like, oh, this person's on Netflix, they must be good. Right. So there's no like effort to be like, I'm gonna go figure out if these people are good. It's like, they already got the cosign that that person uses by default as like, oh, that's cool now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like what I would like to change and kind of why I wanted to get into it because like, I know that there's so many talented people that don't get the credit that they deserve send them something like i would like to be able to support people to get to a level where they're like oh it's because a lot of people that i work with this is it's going to be their first stand-up album right because that's like i just started that's my level and so like I, I love recognizing the talent and being able to support them 
and maybe get to the level where they are going to have that Netflix special or whatever the the big thing is if it's not Netflix, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, people miss out on cool stuff like we were talking about music, talking about comedians like I feel like I enjoy more because like the hipster like in me like knowing like oh like I know them like before the like it's cool to be like along for the ride of like someone's come up which is kind of like I yeah. guess what you get to do mm-hmm. like it's lame to just be like oh like this person's cool now like all right yeah I love them yeah like, yeah you don't I feel wanna... like that's stupid and that's like corny almost like it's cooler to be like like I'm like I really like this person like I'm a big fan of them like I'm ride or die like before it's like easy it's easy to like what's popular right but like you have to actually put in some thought and effort and like know what you're like like and what you're looking for to actually formulate an opinion on someone before they're like considered cool by the masses. Couldn't have said it better myself. Dang. <laughs> so you just agree? That's it. Done. That's I, it, got the yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave you the answer. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank right, you. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. So I gotta <laughs> find more people. I gotta find more people that are trying to find people on the come up. How do you do that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So you're not TBD. CBD? TBD, I'm saying. <laughs> Not CBD. We try to get, we try to get high? <laughs> what is it? A TBD. TBD, yes, to be determined. Is, yes, yes. It's, I, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. As soon as like, I think I figure it out, everything changes. So yeah. it's, a, it's always changing. So what's the thought process of... like So as a comedy label, like you're having people make like audio like comedy albums. Correct. Whereas I feel like I remember back in the day, like the one that stands out to me, like when I was a kid, that was popular. It was like Dan Cook had a big one. I forget which one it was, but it was the one we had like Alex the, could tell you. the BK Lounge big. and like yeah, something else. Yeah, whatever, big. whatever album that was. Like I remember when I was a kid, like that was the funny one that everybody went to. Yeah. But at that time, people were buying albums. Like the way to get music, the way to get like the, like to get like, comedy albums was like you'd go on iTunes and you'd buy it. Yeah. But like that's not necessarily people's. It's not how people consume stuff as much anymore. So have you found that to be a struggle? Like, like is streaming as much of part of it as much as you pushing people to actually buy these albums? Like, what's the approach for, like, you releasing these albums for comedians? Yeah, I mean, you hope that people will buy it first, uh, I, I think, because that pays the artist more. It'll pay me more. So that's your hope. That's what you want to push people to. And you want people, obviously you're asking people to, to spend, you know, $9.99 on an album. Uh, you know, people aren't, I don't have to tell you, people aren't buying albums. The The sales are, are very tough. So yeah, they want to go on Spotify. They want to go on uh, Apple Music or whatever it may be. And they'll stream it. And comedy is a lot different than music. It doesn't have the replay value that music does, right? right? So, like, a lot of people aren't listening to comedy, like, top 40. They'll listen to an album. Like, unless you're a comedy nerd, you're not going to listen to a comedy album, like, 10 times, right? So, that is a struggle. That is a struggle. And, it's um, you know, you, you definitely wish people would be more invested. And I think maybe... It might take a turn that way again. I was thinking that too, because kind of like things are shifting towards audio in general. So I feel like, because I was, my next question was going to be, do you ever find that our comedians always open the idea of doing an album as opposed to having like a video special? Well, I mean, the, the, the economics of stand-up comedy, uh, the, the main 
platform that pays is SiriusXM. So, and that pays a lot more if you can get stuff into regular rotation on SiriusXM, then you'll you can pay some bills. Um, so, I mean, that's where a lot of the priorities are. A lot of the comics that I talk to, that's what they want to prioritize. So, that's kind of the main focus. And I'm I lately I've been having conversations where the comics have a like they might have a vision for how long the album should be what the the theme of it will be and how it should go and i just try to encourage that and i go just try to make the album that you're proud of and let the chips fall where they might like there's there's other people that might be hyper focused on exactly how this should be. This should be a totally clean album because that's more marketable or like have a vision as far as like how to market it before it's even done, you know? But I, I, I just want to help the comic realize the album that they want to make and then let the chips fall where they may. So and how collaborative is that process? Like, are you just like, what role are you playing in the like actual content like are you playing any role in that or are you just kind of like hey like you can just do whatever you want do it like i'll just do it however you want to do it like i'm just the one facilitating yeah the it's, album. i mean i don't have a heavy hand in it and it varies from from person to person uh you know sometimes i i might have suggestions for like a tag in a joke or like the order of jokes like you know this might flow better this way or we should make this track right here. This is where the new track starts. Like that right, kind of thing. That, that's a whole different thing than like a special is you're separating everything into tracks. So that's like a whole other thing you have to think of it that way. Right. As opposed yeah. to just thinking of it as like one fluid hour long thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's times where, uh, I get stuff delivered to me. The album's basically done and they're just basically asking me to help distribute it and market it and break it up into tracks and things like that. And there's other times where I'm involved from the get-go, from booking the venue to recording it to uh, mixing it to editing it. So it, it varies from for each album, but you know it's it's more or less the same. Right now, how do you go about finding people? Like, because you said you were kind of working, you were kind of like in that world a little bit when you were at Sirius. So like, did you like? get connections that way and like you kind of work those oh, yeah, connections yeah. afterwards mm-hmm. or did you find that you had to kind of build that up that network in a way a I, little more so once you separated yourself and did your own thing i definitely still had to build it up um i mean i got started with um people that i had established relationships with and i was i was more uh friends with you know, we were we were on a, on a friendship level. We we knew and trusted and respected each other. So uh, you know, there was a, f- a few people that I was able to just get started with, because you know, uh, I was gonna fuck up. I was gonna make mistakes, and I knew that. So I had to like find somebody that trusted me, to, that I would make it right, even if I mess up. You know, so. I was lucky enough to do that. I kicked it off with my buddy Kostaki Economopoulos. 
That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my name's a mouthful. So, that was a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. Kostaki was the first album that I put out. It's called Live at Acme. And uh, that one, that's like my reasonable doubt. You know, that, <laughs> that holds a special place in my heart. So, uh, and and he's he's great. We we had been doing a podcast together for years. So we already had that level of... Uh, called Quick Snaps, call, by the way. Yeah, quick, yeah, I was, say, I was a football one, right? Yeah, yeah, Quick, quick snaps. snaps, the podcast, uh, you know, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, still doing it? Still doing it. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. And now we're by Coastal because he's in LA. So yeah, we just basically talk about the NFL every week. He's got tons of jokes and uh, we just, you know, make fun of... NFL football every week, so lots of storylines to make fun of us. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's Antonio fun. Brown's just layup. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Antonio Brown might be going the way of like Trump jokes, where it's like too ridiculous that you can't even make fun of it anymore. It's sad. There is a yeah. sadness to yeah. it, where you're you're literally watching this guy melt down and destroy his life. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, him and like wasn't there another guy from the Browns that just got kicked off the I mean, team? For oh, some guy got kicked off because he was like told a fan he's like I will murder you or something yeah, like that. Like yeah, they were talking yeah. shit to him on Twitter, and he's like, he's like, no cap, like I'll kill you. Like, <laughs> something, <laughs> something super intimidating, like not joking around, and they cut him the next day. Holy <laughs> jeez! Like, I, I I saw it. My friend was telling me about that. I was like, that's crazy. It's like these guys, like. You got you and Alex were talking about it a little bit, like what you kind of have to expect when you're in the public eye, and as football players and and athletes, you have to expect that you're gonna get criticized. We're gonna shit talk yeah. you, yeah, yeah, like, like that just comes with the territory. So it's like I don't know why you're on Twitter if you're a football player. I really don't. Like I understand like you got to build your brand or whatever, but it's it's that shit is destructive. I I don't think that's healthy to see all that criticism as an athlete especially as an athlete because it's like your 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 job is basically like physical right and it's physical performance but then so you're not really equipped mentally to deal with this type of criticism it's also it's just like corn like the people who are going on twitter to like talk shit to people like it's just kind of corny so like i'd be like this like people like that guy's a cornball why do i even pay attention right like I don't get why people take those things to heart because it's like that's their sport. Like the people who are talking shit to you, their sport is to get under your skin. So exactly. like if you just like whatever, like yeah. then they lose. So Yeah, pretty it's much. Just, it's I don't know. I just think it's silly to get mad. Like I know. the threat to kill someone over Twitter is pretty funny though. Can we just go go back to uh no cap? No cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like I, uh, I. Right, do you mean to translate or something? Is that where we're going? Or? A little bit. Because like I'm, I'm old. I'm almost 40. So like I still listen to hip hop, still love it. And I hear this phrase and I know that it's being used and I kind of get it by the context. But it, what's the origin of it? I'm not sure what the origin is. I just know that something that's cap is not true. It's bullshit. Oh. If no cap means like for real, like no lie. It's oh. like what it, like it's like. Capitulation? Like what? Is that English? Isn't that the word uh, capitulation? Capitulation? Yeah, I got it. No, no, that, that'd be that's, a sophisticated okay, word. I that <laughs> Way to take it from. Capitulation, I no, think, is no. like um, when you're um, talking a lot and just talking in circles, I think. Maybe. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. yeah so if, something, if something's cap, it's not true. Okay. So that's why when people say, when, like, you'll see a lot of athletes do that, like, 
oh, this person, like, sources say this guy hates being here and he wants to get traded. And then that guy will go, that's cap. Like, that's not true. That's bullshit. All right. Well, so that's cap. I was off because yeah. I thought it was something to do with like a salary cap. Like, no, no, no. Like no. you're not going to put a cap on, like a salary no. cap on me. No, no, no cap means no bullshit for real. It's true. Something that's cap means it's not true. It's All right. Guess. I really want to know the origin. Like who, who started that? Do you know? I don't know. I want to say Young Thug because Young Thug has started a lot of, like Young Thug and Future, I feel like I've started a lot of the lingo that people use. Like people say slime and stuff like that. And like that came from Young Thug. There's like a few other things that like yeah. Young Thug is made up. But it, were you right? No, no, I was wrong. Oh. I was wrong. <laughs> no, this phrase, no cap, genius traced the origins of no cap by interviewing Ghetto Boys member Willie D, UGK rapper Bun B, and Dr. Sharice King, a linguistics professor. Apparently, it came from them. See, it's 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 the OGs. That's the OGs. That's true. That's it's the OGs. It's not the young kids. Yeah. That's that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Or does it make you feel bad, and then you should have known it because it was from your era? Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> could be the, could be the reverse. I didn't dig that deep on Ghetto Boys, <laughs> though. I, though I probably should have. Yeah. So yeah. Anything else I need to translate for you? Uh, maybe, maybe like if you say it in the course of yeah. course of this uh, this show, then maybe I'll, I'll just pause if that's all right. <laughs> timeout, <laughs> TV timeout. All right, I forget what we were in conversation. Um, um, the Kostaki. Yeah, he was. Your, he, he was your. You he was your reasonable doubt. He was my reasonable doubt. Uh, him and Jay Z have a lot in common. Uh, no, they have nothing in common. But um, yeah, so he was the first album, and then you know I was able to just basically tap into people that I had either worked with uh, before at SiriusXM or, or, you know, was familiar with. So, you know, I kicked off and got like three albums under my belt and just went through that process of seeing what that was. And so, and just learned from there. And then really, I mean, comedy is a small world. So it's really a lot of word of mouth. So you, you get one comic that's really happy with what you did, they're going to tell their friends. And then, you know, so every, I, I look at it like every time I talk to a comedian, I'm talking to the whole world of comedy. Right. So like, I want to, I want that comic to be really happy because it's only going to grow my network and I'll be able to work with a lot of good people. And so it's, it's starting to turn out that way. I do think that applies more to comedy also because they're going to the same clubs. Like, it's not like, yeah, like a musician. When you do a show, you're like the only show that night. You might have the openers and that's it. But like co comedians will go to the same clubs and they all have like sets one after the other. And they're like hanging out in the back room. So they're all talking to yeah, each they're other. They're all talking to each other. Yeah. They're all like, they all know like who did a special, who did an mm -hmm. album, who did this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, yep. it's very true that, but that then means kind of what you said, like every interaction then matters. Like you got to be, like on your game all the time and can't be like, oh, whatever. Like I just, if I'm just mess up that one time or oh, I just piss off that one person, like that could have nah, yeah. consequences. Big, yeah. So, more so than in other fields. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably similar, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does feel like, you know, at any time this could all fall apart because of one fuck up, you right. know, because uh, the, the reputation is pretty, pretty important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So is that like, what's been this, scary well actually i guess when you decided to to start doing your own thing and start you lucky dog productions were i kind of asked alex the same like were you hesitant or did were you like i know this like did you once you have that idea that you want to do it did you just do it or did you like mull it over and think about it and stress about it and then like 
if that's kind of how it went, what was like the final thing that was like, all right, fuck it. I'm doing it. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if there was a defining moment. Um, I can't really point to a defining moment, but it was just like I was saying, just seeing myself in the same chair for five years and going like, nah, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so, but there still was, I felt a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure because the, the, the chance of failing was really, really high. It still is. I'm, you know, I'm not even three years into it. So I'm just feel like I'm just getting started. So I still feel that pressure. I'm not, I don't feel like I've, I've really established myself as much as I, as I can, but like getting started was very scary. I mean, I, I don't, I saved up, I, I just, I saved up $17,000. I put $7,000 into the business and I had $10,000 to live on. That was all gone in six months. Right. So now we have, we have a mortgage, we have, we have bills to pay. And so I felt a lot of pressure and it wasn't going that well, especially financially. And I knew like I was driving for Uber and Lyft while I, while I was doing this, like just to be able to, to pay bills. And that was pretty horrific, you know? Um, so, I mean, there's been multiple times where I'm like, I need to get a job. This, I, this, I, this sucks. And Alex really was like, a, my wife was really like a d- driving force in making me continue to do it because I was ready. I was ready to quit plenty of times. And like the, the, the money just wasn't there and there's a lot of pressure. And, uh, thankfully she's talked me off the ledge plenty of times. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's a story that ends well so far, but I mean, that, that pressure was definitely there. So Alex being very supportive, one thing I always say about myself is like it, if I was like, oh, I want to do my own business, I'm going to quit my job, blah, blah, blah. I have no responsibilities to anybody else. Right. So, you know, if, if I fuck up and lose all my money, it's like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm the only one that has to deal with those consequences. So, but being married, once you're married, there's now two people that, you know, you're worried about. Like, she's got to, like, worry about supporting on her end. You got to worry about supporting on your end. Like, it's like a two-way street. So, how much did that factor in the decision? Like, you know, I'm married. I have a mortgage. Like... I have these bills to pay. Like, it's not just me. Did that deter you in any way? Like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Alex, like, it sounds like she was very encouraging and pushed you to do it, which also isn't, I would think the norm. Like sometimes I'm sure some spouses like would be like, ah, like, you know, I don't know. Is it going to, is that going to make sense? Like, we're not going to make money. Like, are you sure it's going to work? And like, even if they're not saying no, they'll put the ideas in your head that Hey, it might not work. Like, I don't know. I don't think she ever discouraged me. Right. I, I don't think she ever did. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously you have to. So yeah, I recognize how lucky I am with that. Cause, and I don't think you should discount like your situation either. Cause like, uh, I do. You, I always say this. If I go broke, like it doesn't matter at all. I don't have a lot of money. I can't even save a lot of money right now. If I lost all my money right now, like what would it really matter? Like, I, like honestly, if it's I lost, still if I lost my money, I'd call like a family member, and be like, "Hey, can I crash on your couch for a few weeks?" And while well, I look for a job, look for a job, I'd get a job because I have experience and I'd be fine in like two months. That's, <laughs> that's honestly the way I look at it. Yeah, like, as, as stupid as that sounds, like I feel like for me, it's like there's really not much to like for me to lose at this point. Like if I'd saved up a lot of money and I was like saving for something, like I'm literally saving. Like there's nothing for me to save for. I can't even save if I wanted to. Like. 
it's way easier for me than for someone like you. Like by a lot, I think. See, I I, I disagree because uh, I house my <laughs> mortgage. Yeah, I know. I don't. You have rent. Right, but that's yeah, but then what do they do? They just kick me out. Like so that's why. Like it just doesn't. It, that house can go away at any time too. Right. You know that mortgage could go away. The wife can go away at any time. Like exactly, that's stuff to lose. That's my that, point. That's I don't stuff have to, to lose, lose. But like you, you gotta like. Nah. I think you just gotta be comfortable with knowing that like everything is temporary. Like none of this, none of this is here forever. Like it can go away. So like that's 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 kind of where I'm at like because you have to appreciate it. So like you you think it's 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 harder for me? No, it's easier because she's I have support that support system. Systems, yeah. And when I'm not when I wasn't making money, she was. So like I have that to to, that's a good point. to lean on. You know that's what I mean? Point. And yeah, man, there's times where your pride really gets hurt because you're like, my wife is supporting me and I'm not making money. So it's like, you know, you feel that pressure. That pressure is real. And, you know, you feel like you want to bring as much, if not more, to the relationship than your partner is. So, yeah, that 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 pressure is real. But it's also, I'm lucky enough to have this person who's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, just keep going because... I can see the progress. I can see where this is going. So I got you right now. Don't worry about it. Like that made it so much easier for me. So like you say you have nothing to lose, but you you have people that look up to you that are following your journey and you know you feel that pressure to succeed. You know you do. So uh, I just I'm, I'm not buying it. I just do it to rub it in their face. It. That's the only pressure I feel because I want to... I wanna, be hot like f you guys like that's really it sure yeah i mean think i think we all feel that yeah you know i i definitely like i'm starting to get to the point where i feel like talking shit yeah like you know and and i, I might i might be a monster pretty soon <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> no you got you got to save it for you got to save it yeah you got to save it you got to let you got to let people you got to let people like want to hop on the train first yeah 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 that's true i feel like that's it there was some saying that was really good and i forget what it was something about like it was also and it's kind of saying like the opposite of what we're saying where you shouldn't take it personally when people like don't like what you're doing or don't care or hate on it or whatever it's kind of like if you really think you're a prophet you got to give people a chance to like believe in you or something like that it was some saying like that i'm butchering it but it's something like that, like saying like how like, like I always get mad, like, oh, like people don't give a shit or people like don't think there's like people talk shit about me, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of like you got to give people a chance to real like to see what you see, I guess. Yeah, I guess that that's uh, that's hard. It's hard to get people to care. No one's right. ever going to care as much as you do. Right. And that's the hard thing about. That's really hard when your friends and family don't support you the way that you think they should. Sometimes. Right. You go like, Fuck. No one cares. Yeah. No one gives a shit about what I'm doing. And sometimes it's true. People don't care. Yeah, they don't. They really don't. And that's that's a hard thing to figure out. But it's also, I think, easier to get like a person you don't know to support you. Because they have no preconceived notions about you. So they're only really judging it on the product. Yeah. Whereas if people, know you, people know you, it gets warped in some way by... How, what their view of you is or yeah. like how much work they think you're actually putting in or like they like they don't look at it from like a pure like is this good or not kind of viewpoint yeah 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 it's skewed a little bit yeah and i think like the position that i'm in it's not necessarily my 
uh, art that's being judged. It's the art that I'm putting out there and saying this is good. So the comedians are being judged more than I'm being judged. But I. But still, you're doing it because you think they're good. So right. I mean, it's almost the same. I would think. Like, kind of. Yeah. Still your name behind it. Exactly. But. So. But I, I also have the advantage of being like, well, it's not everyone's cup of tea, right? Not everybody's gonna like every comedian right so i can just be like well i thought somebody would like it you know what i mean so i i think the the comic has more pressure than than i do so what's the biggest challenge right now that you have to deal with is it like getting people is it like getting the people to buy the albums is like what's like of the whole process what is the toughest thing for you (sighs) uh just figuring out how I want to evolve because uh, I'm struggling with it right now because um, it's it's all, like I've said, it's it's champagne problems, but like I'm very, very busy now. So I have to hire people. And so I'm at the point now where if I want to grow, that's what I have to do um, because I can't handle everything. Uh, I, I kind of love that I started and did everything, every single thing. But I think I'm at the point now where I need to delegate tasks and kind of evolve in my role as the owner of You Lucky Dog Productions. So I need to like figure that out. And that's very challenging because I'm not great at delegating. I'm kind of like, you think that's because you're just somebody who it's like, if you want it done right, do it yourself kind of attitude? Kind of, yeah, and it's also a big deal to to involve someone else in your business. Yeah, you know, so because, like you said, no one's gonna care as much as you do. Right, and it's your vision. Like you gotta convince someone to buy into not their own vision. Exactly. Yeah, get them to care is like to love yeah. you do is like almost unrealistic. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, that's kind of where I'm at now. So uh, the whole thing is challenging because I've never done it before. So the the whole thing is is really really hard. But that's a problem that's a result of growth. So yeah, yeah. There's definitely worse problems to be having. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, I mean, yeah. The the challenge is just figuring out what's the most important thing every day. So. Yeah, that's it. Can I just say how proud I am? Uh, yes, do it. Here we go. No, because I think that it's it's easy to have an idea of wanting to do something and starting your own thing. But what Aaron started as well is, is so hard because it's not like a self business that you can encompass just yourself and only yourself. You have to get other people to want to work with you and you have to get other people to take your product and use it. He started this two and a half years ago and with no idea how this was going to work, no idea the the politics behind business or even the legalities of setting up a business and what it means to, to pay people out and to pay artists out and have these accounts with sound exchange to make sure people get paid and working with artists and what a contract is and everything he did, he did it himself from start to finish. And he did it because he loved it and he wanted to give people a platform. And every time I see him work with somebody, he's so excited to see what they can do. And like what he was talking about before about wanting to see people rise, he gets like proud Papa looks when people do really well, when they have a great show and he's no 
bigger rooter for a comedian in wanting to make sure that they get paid and respected and and for their art and get known for what they do. And it's so it's so cool to watch him be at a point where he he's going to be the boss. Like he doesn't want to have a boss and he gets to be somebody else's boss. And if you get hired by him, I can only tell you how lucky you are going to be because he, he's a good dude. And, and this is why I think people continue to want to work with him is because he's no, he's not a bullshitter. He's not a car salesman. He's not selling you a, a piece of shit or something that he's trying to shine up is better. He's selling you who he is. He's honest 100% of the time. If he thinks he's not going to be able to do something for you, he tells you. If he thinks something's not going to work, he'll tell you. If he thinks somebody is going to give you a better deal, he'll tell you. Like, he's just a really good... I mean, it's why I married him. I guess I'm biased because I love him, You're but... You're probably a little biased. <laughs> I just think it's incredible I'm just, just going to let her go. This is all sounding <laughs> really, sound really, you, really you, good. You, you, did it, you did it for her. Let her do it to you. But, yeah. and, that, and that's the thing that when he was talking earlier about partnership and how he's lucky... We have, that's what I think of this is when we got married, this was not a, I guess this, so this is a partnership. We are here for each other. I didn't take vows or promise him that I would be there through thick and thin because somebody fucking told me to. It's because I meant it. And he's done the same for me. We are both in positions where we have really risky careers. We're going to be there for each other. If he has a bad month, I got him. If I have a bad month, I know he has me. So there was no question as to, no, you keep going. You push through this. Cause he was ha he, we have this pressure nowadays, I think to feel like instant success that we have to do things. We have to be amazing right away because that's what we see. It's not like that. And two and a half years is really impressive to where he is. And that was still a journey and it still is a journey. And so I just, I just <laughs> Thanks, baby. need to hype you up for a second. Thanks. I appreciate that. a minute that. and a half it is that is true though that people don't like people get intimidated by like two and a half years of doing it and you're not seeing like it's also not linear so then, like that gets frustrating so you're like you know you might be like getting nowhere and then all of a sudden there's like a big bump or you know it's just like it's all yeah. over the place kind of and yeah, people, yeah that turns people away yeah the highs are high and the lows are low so yeah you gotta stay as uh stay as even as you can yeah um, I'm lost. I'm off track. Sorry. No, it was good. That was good. And you had to do it. You like he did it. You got to do it. So what, just because he's <laughs> he's also super he's also super humble, and I don't think people realize how much work and effort goes into something. And he's really good at keeping the cool face about it, but it's fucking stressful. And he did like working for live. He was miserable, but I knew the moment if he got a job, job that label was done because he'd be worried about that job. Right. And that would become priority number one. I'm glad I didn't. That, yeah. That's good. To, that's good. Important to stay like composed and stuff like that. Like she was saying, like you don't show it and stuff like that. I hate when people show that they're freaking out. Yeah. When people lose their cool, it makes yeah. everyone uncomfortable. I hate like, it's actually like, that's what I, I've said. It's kind of mean, but I've done it to people at work. Like when they're like new people and they're freaking out, I'm like, or like I'm like, are you are you confused? Are you freaking out right now? Like, yeah. I'm like, don't. Like, just don't. Just don't be confused. Like, yeah. Don't. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Like, cause, like, just relax. Like, figure. Like, you're smart. You got hired because you're smart. Like, you'll figure it out. Like, I know you're freaking. Don't show. It's almost like, and it sounds like mean. Like, don't show that you're freaking out. Yeah. But it's kind of like, 
you give off that en- you give off that energy to like everybody around you and it like mm-hmm. it takes that whole oh, environment sure. and it's it's going to spin everything like the way you don't want to so it's almost like when it, when you're an entrepreneur like you are going to be freaking out like things aren't going to be working out like you're going to be panicking but like you do have to kind of have that ability to mm-hmm. like keep that composed face like everything's all good because yeah. otherwise especially that's something you have to worry about once you have someone working for you because right you if you start freaking out it's gonna affect them like oh god Aaron's freaking out like so it must be really bad then like, yeah exactly you know? so yeah yeah I don't know so I guess uh, you gotta have a good temperament yeah yeah that's what I was saying I struggle with I struggle with that like I might always want you want to pound the table everything like yeah that. so that's always like hard <laughs> for me but then but it's also like it's hard because that's just the Italian to me. So like, it doesn't even mean I'm freaking out. It's just like my natural reaction is just to like scream <laughs> like for everything. So it's almost like, but I, I gotta take like, my own advice. I then. feel like you're stereotyping your people. I am, but yeah. I can stereotype my people. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> tell you when, when 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 I was younger. So when I was younger, my friends and I we had a fake Italian. <laughs> We had a fake Italian family, you know, and uh, we 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 mocked the Italians, and we and we and I ended up marrying a very Italian, very Italian, woman. yeah, very Italian, yeah. But it was out of love, the mockery. We actually yeah. loved the Italian culture. That's good. You better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are like your goals for where you see it going? Like, say you now hired whoever you need to hire. And now you're fully staffed to be able to do what you feel like you need to do. Like, what is the, what's the path that you think it's going to go? Yeah, that's, it's, it's like you, you guys were talking about earlier, like as far as planning, like I, I'm happy to go wherever it leads. And I know that that sounds like I'm like a cop out cause I, I just don't know. But yeah, as far as run, I'd like to get to a point where, it's a well-oiled machine and I'm working with people that I love and they love doing what they're doing. And so I can have somebody so I can be, cause I'm realizing that now I'm on, I'm on the phone more, you know, and I'm traveling more. So I need somebody to be able to, uh, mix this audio because you can't multitask when you're mixing. Yes. That's something I've noticed with the podcast that pisses me off. I always hate that is it's like, you have like when you're doing audio stuff like you can only do that it's like that's it you can't yeah you can't it is actually kind of frustrating like if you're like oh i got this hour-long podcast to edit like you need to edit that hour-long podcast you can't do anything else during that time right so yeah someone who has a lot of responsibilities you know wear a lot of hats that's just taking you away from other things that need to get done that's where i'm at right now so i had a weekend where i recorded um shows at the stress factory in new jersey it was jim norton do you know him is he's comedy famous or famous famous he's i would say comedy famous okay i think he's on i think he's slightly on famous famous but anyway so i recorded six of his shows over a course of a weekend so now and that was something that just fell on my lap i was very lucky to just that's a big deal it's a big deal and just fell on my lap and it wasn't something that i was planning on doing I was going to work on two other albums that weekend that are already recorded and in the can and going to be released this year. And this just fell on my lap and I had to do it. But now I got six shows that I have to mix and get back to it, him in like a week. So now this stuff that should have been done two weeks ago, 
is getting kicked down the can again. And that makes me feel terrible because I should be doing this stuff. But this stuff has to get done first. So it is like a constant battle of what has to get done right now. And I realize that I physically cannot do this by myself. Right. So it's either slow down and take Don't on do that. take on less projects. Nope. And just keep it all to myself and try to maintain this pace for as long as I can. Or you gotta bring bring in help. And so I wanna bring in help. And that's that's where I'm at right now. So if you're good at uh, editing audio, uh, mixing, and you like comedy, you know comedy, shoot me an email. You lucky dog prod, like production, but without the auction. You lucky dog prod at gmail.com. Sure, this, that's this, my pitch. This is a good, yeah. This whole thing is a good pitch. The yeah. whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just remember something Alex said that was good that I, I wanted to, I wanted to say was like, I think something I like about like doing about the podcast, and it's kind of something that she said like that you get to do with the comedy label is you kind of like she was saying you get proud when you see other people succeeding. Like I've said that to people like it it's fun to see like people like you're, you're close to people you're friends with like win. Like it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun seeing yeah. that. Yeah. So it's almost like, and you feel like you, you, if you have some kind of hand in it too, like you feel good about yourself and you're mm-hmm. like happy for that person. Yeah. Yeah. Their so success I feel like, is my success. Right. So that's really something I'm sure that motivates you a lot is cause like now, like I was, I was just saying before, like, I became friends with MRG and like I went to his album release party and like I always get to tell him like dude like album's great like and it's like you know it's cool seeing people like you meet like then they're doing their own thing and they're having success and like you kind of feel like a sense of pride about it so I get like you get that kind of like feeling all the time then. On the flip side I also get very angry when other people have Netflix specials that aren't half as funny as the people that I'm working with so that that's something that I also but that makes experience. you root, that makes you root for them harder. It makes their it does. makes their wins even it more, it may matter even more than almost. Yeah, I think so. Because you yeah. kind of know the uphill battle they got to go through. Yeah, exactly. So then, with so then, do you have any type of like aspirations to do uh like specials like a Netflix special, like a full video hour long special? Like, is that anything that you've considered, or yeah. do you think you're going to be sticking to the albums? I'm gonna stick to the albums for now. I think. The the video part of it is a whole nother thing that I don't know how to monetize and I don't know what that, that business model looks like. So I would have to bring in people that know what they're doing that have, and there are a few people that I could tap into and get into that at some point. Um, and maybe that'll come sooner than, than I think. Uh, hopefully it does. I would like to get to that point. Yeah. Where it's, you know, full-fledged video production that, you know, you could sell to a network or release independently, whatever you want to do. But that would be, that's a good goal. And I, I think I'd, I'd like to get there at some point. Yeah. Where do you see like comedy in general going? Like, do you see it? Do you see like the special still? <laughs> I don't know, man. You don't? You, no. no clue. Nope. I, it's impossible to predict, I think. Because, I mean... Look at the the climate of comedy right now, as far as what you're able to say, how people are outraged, and what you know the way that even streaming platforms you don't know what's gonna last. So I I think I, maybe it's maybe it's foolish of me to not think about where this is all going as much as maybe I should, but 
it's kind of like where where I'm at is just put out quality and let the chips fall. Because I think you might, I'm not in a position, like I'm not an industry insider. I don't know what's happening at the executive level of uh, Netflix or Comedy Central and all that stuff. And quite frankly, I'd go crazy if I concerned myself with that. So yeah, you have to deal with all the politics and all like the, like worrying about, like, do you feel like that's affecting you? Like worrying about, like you were saying, like people getting outraged and all that stuff. Like, has that, does that affect the way you or the comedians you work with? Yeah. Uh, do I, stuff? Mean, I was just talking about this. There, there, there was a comic that I hesitated to work with um, because some of the stuff that they do is just really, it's outlandish and I don't really love everything that they say. And, and you're it's going to reflect is it more just like a moral thing you don't want to support or you're just worried how it's going to reflect like you lucky dog? I, I mean, it's it's both, right? So you, you have to consider all of that. Um, and I kind of just, I, I made a decision to kind of get out of my own way because this person, I was a fan of him and he was really, he's really, really good. He's super, super funny. But he does say some shit that's like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Because he's kind of on the other end of like, nobody's going to tell me what I can say or do on this stage. So he kind of goes like extra hard yeah, just to prove at the that, point, just to prove the point, Yeah, which I, which I, you know, I respect that too. But I, you know, so I wrestled with that a little bit. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what this could mean. I feel like the outrage though, just speaking generally now, I feel like the outrage is partially why comedy has had kind of like a renaissance, like, like I said. Like, I feel like because the outrage has kind of pushed people to seek, like, the unfiltered, which is then why podcasts have gotten bigger. Yeah. there's no, like, network overseeing it and censoring it and, like, you know, worried about, like, advertisers and stuff like that. So I feel like that's almost pushed, like, the podcast and comedy up to a level it wasn't at prior, in a way. Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean comedians also like they they want to do it because they don't they don't want bosses either so i mean that's that's kind of uh, it's it's an attractive lifestyle for people i think they're very intrigued by a comedian's life because it's like they're on stage and they they get to say and do whatever whatever they want they don't have the chains on them so i think people are very intrigued by that you know is that what intrigues you like what intrigues you then about like wanting to be like surrounded by comedy and like work with these comedians, like oh, dude, the the way that they think, their 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 brains are operating on levels that a lot of people can't operate on. Like the the craftsmanship that goes into creating a set and writing jokes, testing them out, bombing. Yeah, like people don't really appreciate everything that goes into creating a long set that either becomes a special or an album or just something you can go on the the road with. So I I look at a lot of a lot of the comics and uh, I've I've so much respect for it cuz it's it's so hard and it's so trying on on your soul <laughs> when you have to go through so many gigs that are awful so many audiences that are terrible and you have to like say jokes that you're pretty sure aren't going to work and but you have to do it 
just to try it out to get it to yeah. where you want it to be. Like it takes a lot of balls to do what they do. Which Aaron tried. Yeah, for a yeah, hot yeah. I minute. did it for a little bit. For a hot minute, he she, tried. She won't to... let me forget it. I because because one, I think you were better than you thought you gave yourself to, and also <laughs> it really did. It grows your appreciation as to what comics do because he tried it himself. He literally stepped in their shoes That's for true. a little bit. That's true. I feel like if you're going to work with comedians, it is something like it's good for you to understand what it's like for them if you try it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I did it for about two years, like on and off. And I was way too quick to call myself a comedian because like really all I was doing was open mics and like bringer shows and a few like self-produced shows, things like that. So, um, so I did it and you know, I, yeah, I think that if I dedicated myself to it, I could be pretty good. But I, you know, I understand the dedication and that it has to be pretty much your whole life. Yeah, that's like how we were talking about like, oh, people don't want to go like the two and a half years to building a business. I feel like a comedian based on like I've gotten to meet a bunch now and talk to them. I feel like that is more of an uphill grind than anything else. It's, they, they like, yeah. like people don't start getting momentum until they're like 10 years in or a rapper i mean rappers like no because rapper i feel like with like the way things go viral now i feel like you can just like catch a hot song like, at some point <laughs> yeah like, i guess happens so. to people and you like, can be in the studio by yourself you don't have to face people right like yeah. I, I don't know i feel like as an artist as like a musical artist it's a little different like i feel like a comedian it's like and comedians too it's also like getting at these clubs is partially like networking and partially like yeah. you gotta get the approval of someone else and yeah, actually, fact what factors into that is how long you've been doing it. So right. I feel like it's a lot more of an uphill battle, and there's a lot more gatekeepers than in music. You can kind of like, if you really wanted to, you can go much more DIY and like. Yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna have to agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like being a comedian, like that's why I would I would never even try it. Like even if I got the idea, I could be good. Because I it's feel like, like you want to try it. I want to just to like say I tried it. Yeah, but I don't. I really have no desire to like try it for real no i don't like i just i don't think i have that like i was talking about patience like i don't think i have that kind of patience right i feel like i'm too antsy to figure out a way to start like finding some lane of success now that i feel like that'd be like i would view that as like starting all the way over and i just couldn't bring myself to do that so funny how old are you 20 i'm about to be 26 in less than a month 26 yeah well i got my internship when i was 25 (laughs) (laughs) but that's the other thing too that's the other thing too though in general is like people are also in a race and kind of see other people as like they compare themselves like yeah you know it's like Mm -hmm. you've all i went to i graduated with that person and they're already doing this and like i'm doing Mm -hmm. that like oh shit like but it really doesn't matter like everyone's on their own thing and things happen at different times and like you might have a sick job out of school, but then you're like you were saying, like you were scared of you're stuck there for 10 years and you have no way to climb the ladder and you're stuck and like, oh, sick. Like your job was sick when you were, you know, two years out of school, but now you're 10 years out of school and your job's kind of like, yeah, yeah. like why are you still there? Dude? Right. Exactly. So it's kind of like it's never really a you're not really racing anybody. I think we all struggle with it, like just comparing yourself to other people and, and your other timeline. I mean, Alex is like, we were talking about it yesterday, not to, not to air you out, but she's just like, oh, these, these people are doing so-and-so and, you know, I'm not getting the things that I want. And I mean, we all kind of do that, right? Where it's Yeah, everyone does. I, I think that's, it's tough to shut that part of your brain off, but you got to do it. Like, you got to just focus on what you're doing, like... 
I saw I saw used to listen to podcasts all the time, and I don't listen to podcasts anymore. Like, because I just don't have the time. Because I realized that like I was investing so much time in in other people's lives, and I was like, this is taking away from what I want to do. I'm kind of doing that too. I feel like I have a prop. One, I'm too addicted to my phone in general. Yeah, like way too addicted. Yeah, yeah. But two, I feel like I'm I've gotten addicted to like consuming content and it definitely yeah there's it, so it much it takes of it. time away from like what i want yeah because like i listen to so many podcasts like i'm always watching youtube interviews like i'm addicted to joe rogan like and his shit's three hours long so that's like a whole nother thing and i only watch the youtube videos i won't Dude, listen to that's them such so a it's commitment. like i don't it's understand a how people commit to joe yeah. rogan that's so crazy like so like in general like it definitely does like it takes away from shit I'm trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely depends on uh, where you're at in your life. Like, if that, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. Like, if that like brings you happiness and joy, like then consume as much content as you want. Right. But, like when you recognize that you're doing it just because you're procrastinating. Yeah, I do that. That's what I do. You know, that's when you gotta like catch yourself and be like, I'm not really enjoying looking at my Twitter feed and refreshing, 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 and refreshing. I'm just not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. It's the, you know? the first thing you need to do is be self-aware of it. Yeah. And then figure, and then decide what you want to do from there. But it is an addiction. We're so we're bad. all addicted. So bad. Yeah. It's so bad for me. Yeah. I used to like on the podcast when Dan was on the show, we would like make jokes about my screen time and I would like say it every week. Oh, it was so bad. You know, I get super pumped. I have the the report now and it's like your screen time was down like 9% from last week. You were on your phone five hours and eight minutes or whatever. I would go, yes, it's down. I, I stopped it. <laughs> I, I stopped getting the reports because they were never down. They really? Were like, <laughs> oh, see, yeah, I know. I can see that where you're yeah. like, holy like, shit. Fuck. Like, okay, your phone I get is it. like, dude, you're spiraling. <laughs> 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 Who wants like, to see that? Like, you need help. <laughs> and I was like, all right, leave me alone. Let me live my life. That's yeah. true. I would probably take it off too. Yeah, I was like, dude, I, 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 I get it. I'm addicted. I yeah, know. Yeah. Leave me alone. Like, yeah. yeah. So Holy I, shit. I still have that problem. So That's funny. That's, yeah. All right. Let's, let's try and wrap it. All right. All right. Wrap it up. Uh, so you're a Giants fan? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it hasn't been good. First question. What do the Giants have to do next year to not suck? Going into next year to not suck. I think like probably the easiest answer is uh, fire the coach, but I don't know if like starting over is the the right answer. You're, you're the GM now. You're the GM of the Giants. What are, what steps are you taking in the uh, offseason? Go back five years and nope. put Eli on the bench. <laughs> nope. Come on, real real answers. Really, all right, I'm the GM of the Giants. What's the first step? Um, they got to get uh, some more wide receivers. They got to get wide receivers, and I guess defense for sure. They they gotta they gotta get some defense in there. That's it. That's my answer. You're good with Daniel Jones. I think getting the GM out there is probably. Well, you're in there now, so you got rid yeah. of him already. So I, guess, so I got rid of that guy. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Edelman. Get it, get him the fuck out because he's a douche. And. Uh, just having me there will probably just ignite everybody. Like yeah, have, that's the like, spark they need. The, the, the presence that I would bring as a GM to the Giants, they'd be like, holy shit, there's hope. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're probably Super Bowl bound after I'm the GM. <laughs> right, so the, an the answer <laughs> is just hire you as GM. The answer is go. Aaron Hodges as yeah. GM. Yeah, I like that. That's a good question. <laughs> All right. Who, now the top three list for you. Yeah. Who are your top three comedians right now? Ooh, like... 
top three like of all like that I like or top three that I work with or you could do either I'm or already hedging. I'll, I'll let you decide which one you want to do. <laughs> now I'm stammering like I gotta be political. Uh, Actually, just don't don't do who you worked with because then that's like right. Do just like they're all my favorite. Yeah. There's I don't have a favorite child. Yeah, I love yeah. everyone I work with. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, do like if you're gonna sit down and watch like specials, like who are the three like you're gonna watch your specials? That I get super excited for. Yeah. Is, uh, well, Dave Chappelle, Gary Goldman. And that that third one's up for grabs. Um, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, Chappelle, and Gary Goldman. Those are good ones. Yeah, I wouldn't say Chris Rock, but I would definitely say Chappelle. Chappelle's top dog. He's forever. put out so many good forever. specials, like in the past like three years. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like they weren't all home runs, but uh, the ones were very very good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in my mind he's. The greatest of all time. Yeah, I think so too. At least from like people since I could remember watching. Like real comedians are always like, who are like the OG like people like... Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Like everyone's like, oh, Richard Pryor and George Carlin are the best. Yeah, like I feel like if you're like a real comedian, that's what they always answer with. Sure, yeah. I mean, Carlin, like at some point he was the only comedian that I even knew. Like I didn't even know like that was a job that you could do. Like as a comedian, he was the only one that did it as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And yeah, he wasn't my favorite for all for a long time. But yeah. I mean, he's 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 been dead for quite some time. And, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, move on, people. No, I'm just you know, if he well, that's the thing. Like you know, even if he was alive now, he'd be super old. Yeah, and like, I'm not I'm not sure. Like, I, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. He'd be working the nursing home circuit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Job. I still he think he would be really really strong. But like yeah. you know, sometimes at some point you 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 lose your wits about you. And uh, I don't. He he was kind of losing his wits about him before he passed, but. I, I, he'll always be my first. Yeah. Aww. He'll always be my first, which is a good first to have. Yeah. Prior, I, I didn't get into the same way. Um, yeah, it's funny, like, those two, I feel like, you know, if... If you're a black guy, you got to say Richard Pryor. If you're a white guy, you got to say George Carlin. I, I feel like those two are, like, the equivalent of the who are your top three favorite rappers and you're obligated to use two of them on Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. I feel like it's the same. <laughs> it's the same like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, like rappers, if they don't say like, who are you influenced? Like who do you, like Biggie, yeah. uh, obviously Biggie, Tupac, yeah, like yeah. Jay-Z, like you have to say those three. Like I feel like that's kind of how they are for comedians. Oh, kind of. So. Interesting because yeah. you say Biggie, but I remember at a time where like they, you know, they were still relatively new and everybody was like, oh, Rock him. No, like, now it's like now yeah. it's like if you don't say like if someone says like name your top five, you really only can name your number four and five. The top, <laughs> right. the top three have to be Biggie and Tupac in either order, and then Jay Z. Those have to be your, yeah, have to yeah. be your top three. Or you're like, yeah. your opinion's yeah. stupid. Like that's what everyone's. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. And All then right. Nas too has got to be probably up there. Nas does. Nas people are either like really. I like Nas. But some people don't feel like that about Nas. No, and yeah, he's, he's not like consensus. Like I feel no, like the other not. guys are consensus. Nas, You're everyone's right. like really strong, ride or die Nas, or they're like not at all. True. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm not I'm a Nas guy. Me too. Old Nas though, his la- his newest stuff hasn't hasn't felt the same. I, I, I've liked I've liked, I've liked I like yeah. the the new the lost tapes too. I like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember you sent me a song because there's some I song did, about the, wolves the about wolf, it. Uh, <laughs> what was it? What was yeah. it called? The wolf. I 
And I was like, <laughs> I remember saying that to you. I was like, this, this is, this is your like new that. theme song. And yeah. then we were both like, yeah, but it's really not like the best song on that <laughs> album. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. But I really do like that. I do like it. Yeah. I, yeah. I do like some of the, the newer stuff. It's cool. Right. So on music, music recommendations. Yeah. What do you listen to? Uh, like right now I'm heavy on the new Wale. Yes, that's it. good. That yeah. was a very good album. The new Wale is very good. And uh, you're, you, you put me on to uh, Snow Allegra. Yeah, you like Snow Allegra? Love her. Oh, she's so good, dude. Love Snow Allegra. So Amazing. good. Amazing. Like I'm like like I got her onto it too, and it was like um, because because you're listening, and you're like at times she sounds like uh, Sade, at times she sounds like Michael Jackson, and at times she's got such a such great style, and her, yeah. her voice is amazing. I love and her. I love R and B. Yeah, so. I was saying that to my friend the other day. I was like, I've listened to more R and B than anything else. I think. At yeah. This point. For, I don't know why, but I've just been on like an R and B kick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her Snow Allegra and Summer Walker. Okay. Like those two albums that they both put out this year are like two of my favorite albums this All year. Right. I guess Snow Allegra is so good. I got to check out uh, Summer Walker. Summer Walker, Okay, yeah. I got to check them out. I like your recommendations. You're yeah. good. You're good. good. I appreciate that. Yeah, as a, as a young gun, yeah. you, you have very good taste. Nice. Every, other people, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> when I say shit, listen to it. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other uh, music? Yeah, I mean, I'm still like listening to to the Nipsey. I go back to Nipsey quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I I'm I'm kind of at a point where like uh, sometimes I'll just use music as fuel. It's like I'm just listening to the same album over and over and over again because it motivates me or whatever, or or it's just the the feeling that I'm in. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I usually like stay with one or two albums at a time and rock the shit out of it if I really like it. Oh, I mean, I've been heavy on Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack is like I, me. And my one friend also were saying like we were like he's probably the most talented artist out he, there. Right like now. seriously, no he's joke. So good. Yeah, and I was so actually good. thinking about this the other day. Like, how dope would be would this tour? I would go to this tour forever. And maybe you have a, an interesting answer to this as well. Maybe you probably do too. But I don't. know. There's no like right or wrong answer. But I was thinking, how dope would this be? Anderson Pack, Wale, and John Bellion. <gasps> Like if they went on tour, oh like forever, I would go. <laughs> s- I would, in, per- in perpetuity, <laughs> if they went on tour for like the next ten years together, yes. I would go see them so many times. Yeah, like oh that. Like right now, that's like my dream concert. That'd be oh, sick. So and because good. there'd be all kinds of good like guest appearances too. Because and I think I'm I'm dying to hear a, a Wale and John Bellion. The three of record. them together would work well so like, on a song together. Yeah. That would be such a dope song, the three of them. Yeah. yeah that would be cool. I actually always say like one of my biggest regrets in life was at a festival. I had to choose between Action Bronson and Anderson Pack on who to see. Who did you choose? I chose Action Bronson. You chose wrong, I think. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't, it's like I don't regret it, I guess, because like if you'd a, like ask me who my favorite like artists are, like Action Bronson is probably my top three. Wow. Really? Like, I love Action Bronson. Okay. Like, all time. Yeah. Like, he's one of my favorites. Okay. So, I don't necessarily regret it. And that was the first time I got to see him live. Yeah. I've seen him a few oh, times Oh, then you since. had to do it. There's no so, choice. But, yeah. like, I feel like Anderson Pack live, and from what I've heard, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime, like, because he's just so talented. He's, like, playing the drums. Yeah. And doing all that. Like, you know, he's playing the instruments and performing and, like... The good news is he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, but now yeah. it's, like, a race, like... 
you know, I got to see him. You, yeah. Like, well, he's not dying, bro. He's uh, But still, it's like, but that's like Frank Ocean. I would say the same thing. Like, I'm always worried. Like, I might Have you seen him? Him. No, like, well, he's seen him? No. Well, he's I don't know much about him, but. He doesn't like, perform a lot. He seems pretty like a recluse, right? Yeah. And I was bit. saying like, there was, uh, I said to a girl recently on the show, like, I think it was Tyler, the creator, had an album come out and he had like, he's doing a show in New York or like for the album and I was going to go and I was like, ah, it's going to be crowded. It was at, like Webster Hall, which is like real small. And I was like, ah, like I'm not going to go. And then Frank Ocean showed up and I was like, dude, that might've been my one chance. Like, yeah, yeah. There's things like that where it's like, you never yeah. regret the things you do as much as the things you don't right. do. So yeah. go, go to that concert. Yeah. All right. All right. That's my that's advice. It. My final words. <laughs> go to that concert. Our whole conversation, the number one advice from Aaron is just go to the concert you want to go to. That's it. Just go. You got anything from this show. All right. Aaron Hodges, uh, You Lucky Dog Productions. Where can, where can people find like all the stuff and like your specials and like what should they be? Yeah, just go to youluckydogproductions.com. Um, the most recent release was Casey Balsham, Son of a Barb, and it's one of the best albums that I think I'll ever put out. She's amazing, amazingly talented, and I'd put that album up against anything that comes out in 2019. Damn. So check her out and check out everybody else on the roster there. It's a simple, it's, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible, right? So you could go and just click on the album cover and then it'll take you to a link that you can choose your, your platform, whatever you want to listen to. So, um, there's, I put, put out some great albums so far. Uh, Shuli Agar's double album where he did, he did basically the same set sober and then wasted out of his mind. Yeah. I remember back we talked back. about that one. Like, so that's that, interesting. Yeah. That one was cool. It's worth checking out. And, uh, you know, they're all my babies, so they're all special. But, <laughs> uh, so find something you like at you lucky dog productions.com. All right, go check it out. Thank both of you for being on. You've been here. Thank for a you, while, man. So. Yeah. All right. See you, everyone.